Crank up the volume and get ready for real-world bird hunting by listening to the Wingman Podcast by Eastman's. Now your host, Todd Helms. Hey guys, Todd Helms here with another episode of the Wingman Podcast. And this evening, I have Brennan Schutte on. I say that last name right, Brennan? Yes, yeah, sir. That's what I thought. Cool. Brennan and I have uh, some mutual acquaintances <laughs> You guys have heard the podcast I did with Noah Miller, so we know Noah. Uh, Brennan and I have never actually hooked up when he's been out here and uh, and hunted together, but we've the last couple of years you've come out, Brennan, and it seems like I've always got something else going on and don't get a chance to get out and hunt with you. But you got to hunt one of my blinds this year. I think the last couple of years that you guys, was you guys fun. have done that. That was a good one. Oh yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> cool, yeah. That, that blind was pretty good on and off this year. That was, um, we really managed that, uh, that spot. We tried not to, not to shoot it out, uh, towards the end of the season, it got a little bit rugged in there, but it wasn't too bad. But, uh, you actually, you've been coming out here for a couple of years. Why don't you tell, tell me how you got, tell us how you got hooked up coming to Wyoming all the way from Minnesota. So, um, I'm hooked up with DOA and beaver tail, uh, DOA decoys, beaver tail products. And so I was a flyway manager for the Mississippi flyway and Nick Kafkas, uh, he was on the staff and I put him on the staff and him and I were chatting and he wanted to do a staff hunt. And I was all about that, obviously. I mean, you know, once in a lifetime to come, come out to Wyoming to shoot ducks and geese. Right. 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 <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, we, you know, we got to talking and we ended up, I think there was eight staffers that came out and then we brought Noah out there. And so my first year personally in Wyoming was super special because uh, I was going to propose to my now wife right out there. Right. And I remember, yeah. I remember that hitting social. I remember Nick telling me about that. Yeah. And I, but I, again, I didn't get, to, I wasn't there for it, but yeah, how'd, that, it was, how'd that work out? Oh, I mean, it worked out. She said yes. So, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awkward all the way to yeah. Wyoming. She's like, eh, I don't know. Well, and, and the best part about it all, you know, the, the first day we field hunted and Nick kind of took me aside or whatever. And he's just like, are you doing it today? And I was like, no, I'm like, it's our first day here. You know, we're just getting settled in. And uh, the second day we, it was down, uh, down on the river. And so basically what I did I, you know, she'll, she likes to find agates. She's a rock hound. I mean, she, she'll go up and down her driveway 15 times in the summer and she's looking for agates. And so, you know, we're in a different part of, you know, different part of the country. And I'm like, Hey, you know, so we're shooting ducks and you know, whatever. And it kind of a little bit of that lull. And I'm like, Hey, let's go for a walk, you know, warm up, you know, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, maybe we'll find some rocks. And and uh, yeah, she, we were walking along and I was like, oh, look at that one. And she's like, well, what, you know? <laughs> and I, you know, basically I turned, you know, I had her kind of turn around and yeah. I got down on one knee. And meanwhile, I couldn't get the ring box out of my sitcom <laughs> jacket, you know? And so I'm sitting there pulling on the Velcro and it was not coming out. And if you ask Nick to this day, him and uh, uh, my buddy, Ryan Berg, I think Ryan has video of it on his phone where I'm trying to get the ring out and you can just hear me almost rip the pocket on my Sitka jacket. I bet. I bet. So, yeah, oh, I mean, that, that, that first year was, you know, super special. Um, you know, we, it was just 
fantastic hunting and and you know that's you know that's how you know how noah um got introduced to nick yeah um, yeah yep and um you know i knew noah let's see it would have been two years prior to that uh he was working out at the watson hunting camp so that's where noah and i started our little friendship was i i was going out there and hunting helping out with chuck um you know doing all that kind of stuff and you know so that's that's where me and noah you know pretty much hit it off um you know the first year uh actually was the first week he was in minnesota he was at game fair and you know i was i was actually staying in one of chuck's rooms and he's like hey here's my new guy you know whatever his name's noah he's from utah and i was like all right cool (laughs) you know right still to this day i'm like me and noah we're pretty good buddies so but yeah, you know, that, that first year um, out there was pretty special. Uh, the second year when Noah took over, I mean, it was just incredible. I mean, the hunting ducks and geese in Wyoming is just something that everybody should have <laughs> on their bucket list. <laughs> Keep that on the DL, brother. Let right. me tell you. No, it's, it sucks out here. It's no good at all. Right. Um, terrible. Terrible. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. You know, I grew up in the Midwest too, and the upper Midwest and when seasons are locking down in November and December and you're pretty much wrapped up and there's nothing else to do except ice fish for a really long winter. Right. You know, um, these Western States, whether it's Montana or Wyoming or Colorado or, or, you know, even the, even, uh, Nebraska, um, parts of Nebraska anyway, man, they can be, they can be good um late you know because of the way things are as you got to experience the the birds center up on the rivers and it can be well like it's the last week until today i don't think we've seen um temps above five or six degrees below zero in like two weeks right And, and those are daytime highs so i mean it's getting down at night 20 below and colder in places and the river's still flowing and there's right. still birds i actually <laughs> uh had to make a run south of where we are about a couple hours and just you know seasons are closed obviously but i'm like you know i want we lost all our birds with that cold snap it pushed them they got up and and they left yeah and and i was thinking well maybe we'll get some more in time for the end of the end of goose late goose no nothing showed up. I mean, a few birds here, a few birds there, but nothing really, no good concentrations to hunt. Anyway, I went down a couple hours south. Well, found them. They were all, they all ended up down there. And which is not a big surprise that the the spot I was at was pretty traditional late season hot spot when it gets real cold. But man, that place was loaded. I mean, <laughs> literally thousands and thousands of ducks and geese. And it was, yeah. It was pretty cool, but it's, it's unique. As you know, it's, you know, those the rivers are fast. They're dangerous for dogs. They can be dangerous to hunt around. Yeah. We get, um, yeah. I mean, you got to see it firsthand. Yeah. I mean the, you know, the, the first time that we hunted the river out there and, you know, I didn't know what to expect. I mean, I've hunted, you know, rivers, whatever you want to, you know, around here, but I mean, they're nothing like that out there. Right. You know, they're, they're moving. And when that first morning that we hunted with Nick, you know, you get about, you know, 50 yards from the water and you can hear it. And I'm kind of like, Whoa, 
you know, like, I, I don't, I don't know about this, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, like, is he really going to send his dog in this, you know? Well, you get out there, it's neat, you know, it's knee deep or waist deep, right? you know, which is fine. But yeah, I mean, the first barrage that, you know, we shot into and Nick and uh, I can't think of the, the guy that was helping him. Yeah, I think he had Alan that year. Yeah, Alan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they sent their dogs. I mean, they were just go. And I'm like, you know, whoa, you know, like <laughs> I didn't yeah. know. I didn't know to expect that at all. Oh, I got my dog Riker. No. <laughs> we have a we have a great dame. Uh-huh. Yeah. It sounds like oh boy. That's gonna have to... Yeah, man, take a second. Yeah. <laughs> I think we might have to go down in the basement if that's cool. Yeah, man, no worries. My wife must be home. Riker, no. <laughs> that is that's funny. Oh yeah. Yeah, Zoom calls, man. Uh, I knew that that would happen. Live podcasts. There we go. That's just the way it goes. Well, that basement's oh, your basement's a lot nicer than mine. <laughs> I remodeled it. Uh, when was that? About a year after I moved in. There, I'm trying to get a little little table here set up. There we go. All right. That'll work. There we go. Cool. No, he won't. No, he won't be screaming in the microphone. <laughs> That's funny. Now you oh, were talking yeah. about the sending dogs and stuff into the rivers, and um, it takes a little getting used to. But the biggest thing is you have to pay attention to is. Nick, I, I remember Nick asked me to help Alan the year before you first came out. Alan didn't have a dog yet. Yeah. Um, and so I was, I was helping out with my, with my dog and we got to a spot. I looked at Alan and I was like, I'm not, I'm not sending my dog in here. There's, yeah. there's no way. I said, this is a, this is a dog killer right here. And I said, you the wind, you know, we looked at it and the wind was such that morning that I said, I think you should, I think you should be able to call most of the shots. So the birds fall on land behind the blind. Right. And, um, we should be good to go. And that was, it worked out that way, but there was one, one bird in particular that I sent my dog on. I thought I got lots of room. I can send him. And the current was so strong that it still swept him downstream he ended up doing like a merry-go-round for like 30 minutes. Really? Never, never set this Drake Mallard down. And Alan, I kept trying to call him up river to get him to this shallow spot, you know? Yep. But he, he would not come that far up. He kept wanting to fight that current. The current. And Alan ended up having to go downstream and like have a client hang onto his legs. And he snagged the dog as it went, got sucked past him. Yeah. It got into the sweepers downriver. And it's dangerous, man. And guys lose dogs all the time out here in these rivers, oh, ice shelves, log jams, you know, I believe and, it. and we've, I've gotten to the point too, where we don't shoot more than one or two birds out of a group or two right. or three at the most, depending on where you are, you know, there's a couple spots like you can, you can go ahead and hose them because 
the current's slow enough where you can right with two dogs and a couple dudes and waiters you can get all your birds right but man there's other spots it's like no we shoot two right we shoot two birds kill those two drakes that's yeah. it one of yeah, which that's... being one of which being a spot you guys hunted this year unless right. you got three or four dogs that's a tough spot you lose birds there now that that current there man that was that was moving pretty good you know we had noah's dog and then we had max's dog yep. and so we had we had two dogs working but still you know there was three shooters and you know say we shot you know let's just say we shot four greenheads out of a group i mean i mean <laughs> you know they gotta go i mean and that that's that was kind of you know it was kind of cool to watch but at the same time you're kind of you know like uh, maybe we shouldn't have shot that bird or shot that last one yeah you know, you know and that that particular spot's interesting because you can't the middle of the river where the birds usually funnel into is too yep. deep is too deep for a guy in waders to wade right and and you can't but you can get downstream and you can get across downstream and the nice thing is the dogs have a lot of room to work i mean even if right. the birds go around the corner the dog there's no danger to the dogs in there for hundreds and hundreds of yards so right i mean i've made i've had my dog in the water way downstream and pick it picking up birds you know right um but yeah it's different i mean it's definitely different i can't remember why i couldn't go that day with you guys i think i had i think i had a magazine that i was going to print or for yeah East, it was something, like or that. something but i couldn't i couldn't go otherwise you'd have had a third dog right but yeah, I mean, you know, that, that hunt, I mean, man, did we see birds there? <laughs> that was a you good know, spot it, this year. That was a good yeah. spot this year. And, and yeah, then I, I saw and, a little bit of it. it. looked like you guys just tore them up. Oh yeah. And, you know, and the best part, you know, you had a blind there, you know, that was, you know, you show up and we brought our own decoys and stuff down there, but it was, it was nice. You know, you just show up, you have your blind you're ready to go set decoys. And I mean, as soon as it got to, you could see, and it was just ducks funneling that river. And then that's still to this day is my favorite type of hunting. And I hope that I can continuously go back out to Wyoming, especially with Noah. I mean, it, it's just fun, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You guys, I mean, you guys got a spot here anytime you want it, you know, as far as even if, you know, whatever you want to keep coming out and Noah's not here just call me man you can come out yeah. and, and stay and we'll hunt I mean it's, I appreciate that yeah absolutely that's it's a cool deal it's one of those things that gets in your blood you know yeah. this is the I've hunted all over in in Wyoming and different parts of Montana and it's good everywhere you go as long as you're on a major river system right and you know between in the west is funny too it's not like where you are where there's ag everywhere right the only place out here there's ag is in the rivers was right. there's along river bottoms because they got to have water right yeah so yeah, that, i mean that, that's the the biggest thing you know that to me that that's another reason why i like going out there it really concentrates the birds right. you know you can you can run you know in just in a certain section and you know that there's going to be birds there you know, but versus like around home, we might have, let's just say in a 60 mile radius, we might have 15, 20 different roosts to check. Right. You know, right. And, and, and the, and we have so much, like you're saying, we have so much agriculture around here. You don't know where they're going to go. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah exactly. It's, we we put a lot of miles on our trucks driving around out here. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's interesting. You know, it's, it's nice because it concentrates the birds, but it concentrates the hunting pressure too. 
Right. And it's interesting. It doesn't take, doesn't take a lot of guys hunting the same area to make birds stale in a hurry. Yeah. You or know, to just push them out even. Yeah. And, or they go nocturnal, you know, and that's the problem yeah. we had this year is I did, I did, I don't think I did a single field hunt, dry land hunt yeah. this year. Nope. Every time I got a field, I'm like, okay, the, the geese, we just never had a big concentration of geese that I felt like it was trying to make hay while the sunshine with the ducks. And then by the time I got around to, to really getting after the honkers, there was one field and it just, the geese were super stale and I watched yeah. them come in in the morning and they wouldn't land. They wouldn't land next to each other. Right. You know, they drift, they'd come in and they'd land a hundred yards apart and then walk to walk and feed. And even when they were feeding again, they weren't, they weren't in big groups. They were all yeah. little family groups. And I'm like, man, I don't even know if you could decoy those birds. Right. And then about that time, somebody else got permission to hunt the field and they hunted it and they didn't, they didn't really kill anything. They killed a few birds, but they didn't do very well. Yeah. And uh, the birds kind of quit using it for a couple days. And I hunted them on, I hunted them on the river in, you know, traffic birds up and down the river a couple times. And then, it sure. got, then we got these sub-zero temps and all this snow and they left. Well, and, and, like, and see, and see like, that's what we battled, you know, all year long was such mild temps, you know, the beginning of the year or beginning of our duck season. So let's just say October ish, it would have been uh middle October. I mean, we had seven inches of snow just out yeah. of the blue and we didn't have any of our Northern birds showing up yet. Um, I went, actually went up to my in-laws place up by Fergus and, you know, we shot divers and stuff up there. It was incredible. You know, the birds are just starting to push down, but so we had that first, like, you know, that snowstorm, I wish we would have gotten mid-November, but we didn't get that. You know, we got it mid-October, and then it just went mild temps for the remainder of the season. Yep, same thing. Same thing. We yep. got And we got birds early, and we were, you know, being the editor at, East, at Eastman's, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of responsibility that I have before I can shoot ducks and geese. I've got big game stuff. I think oh there there you are. Yep. Okay, cool. Yeah, my being I went down in the basement, my internet connection gets a little funky. <laughs> oh sure, sure. Yeah, so so it was uh, the same thing. Same thing, man. We got we had birds early and the guys that were hunting them were doing really, really well. And then about the right. time you guys showed up, temperatures were warm. The birds were nocturnal yep. big time. And yeah. That spot you guys got to hunt there, that was one of the few places that birds were actually using the river. Um, a lot yeah. of those birds were using water treatment facilities and not coming to the river. And then they'd fly into a, whatever dry field you had, like a cornfield or whatever. They wouldn't fly in until after shooting hours were over. And I ran into that right. multiple times. And it was like, man, this is tough, tough. I mean, we, we had that happen here too you know it, it was just you know it, it didn't even pay to scout anymore the the temps were you know 45 50 degrees in the evening right. if we were to go scout geese i mean they, they they were flying out with maybe one minute left of shooting light right exactly and that was it 
And Noah, no, I think Noah ended up shortly after you guys were here. He he stuck it out for a couple more weeks. Yep. And bagged it. Refund yep. refunded deposits and canceled people. He's yep. like, you don't want to come. You yeah. don't want to come. I can't, I can't get you on birds. And he's like, I'm going to Arkansas to chase snows. You know, yeah. I think that's, I don't know where he is right now, but I think that's probably where he's playing in the Yeah, moment. I think he's, I think he's down there somewhere as far yeah. as I know, just from what I've seen on Snapchat anyways. Yeah, yeah, but. exactly. Playing in the mud. No, uh, playing, yeah, well, right now they're playing in snow. I know it. I know <laughs> it. It's crazy all the way to Texas. I'm like, yeah. yeah, this is what the rest of us live with all the half of the year. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, I, it, you know, it's funny because, uh, so we were on a cattle business here in Minnesota. Sure. And we used to sell, uh, some Holsteins down to, uh, Texas. And, you know, it was always kind of a, a joke between us and the customer. You know, he, he would always say, yeah, we get two inches of snow. And he's like, there's people going in the ditch and they don't know how to drive and, you know, whatever. I'm like, it, we get two inches of snow up here. We're like, man, it's just another day. It's Tuesday. <laughs> you <know>? Just <laughs> <Yeah>. Tuesday. <laughs> Yeah, and you know what's funny is I kind of teased folks out here in Wyoming the same thing because the in the in the part of Wyoming that I live in, it it's pretty mild here. I mean, you've yeah. been out here and it's we get some cold temps, we get some snow, but man, not like not like they do in other parts of the state. Right. And winters out here, I compared to where I grew up, are like tropical. You know, it's, oh, yeah. I get it's warm. There's no snow. I don't. You mean I see guys moving snow with leaf blowers, <laughs> and I'm like, what's that about? But right. yeah, different other parts. You, know, you get down in that I-80 corridor in Southern Wyoming, and it's it's brutal down there. But you're driving over the ceiling of the continent down right. there. I mean, that whole that's a continental divide, right? Eight thousand feet. You know, it's yeah. like that's winter, <laughs> but, right? <laughs> Also, not a lot of birds hang out down there year round either. So. I can imagine not. No, that place gets that's an ice box down there. But yeah, yeah. So, how was your fall in Minnesota? You know, overall, overall, let's say the field hunting was not very good this year. Mm. Um, you know, we had some good early season hawker shoots. Uh, we had, you know, the one thing this year, we had some very good migrator days in the early season, which was wonderful. That's just a godsend down here. Um, but one thing that I noticed especially was the amount of hunting pressure this year. Really, And I think it had part to do with COVID. Um, people weren't, you know, people weren't able to do anything. So everybody was buying a duck boat, you know, and which to me, you know, that's great, you know, oh, absolutely. You know, but at the same time, you know, you'd show up to a lake to go shoot divers and, you know, you'd see always the same one or two different boats there. Right. There'd be a dozen trucks wow. in the parking lot. Yeah. And it was like, you know, it just really threw me for a loop, you know, it's, but at the same time, it's like, it's, it's good to see people out hunting, you know, and the, the field hunting that too, you know, I'm, I'm a local farm kid, you know, I know every farmer around here and I can always just, you know grab a phone number and you know give old bruce a call and he's like, yep, right. go ahead right you know and i had it so many times this year you know I, I talked to just you know a local friend of ours and he'll be like yeah i had like nine people call me on my cornfield this year and it's like like what 
Wow. And I'm like, well, where were some of these people from? You know, some guys were coming from like hour, hour and a half away, you know, and I, I, I just assumed that it had to do with, you know, COVID and, and not a lot of anything else for people to do, you know, so everybody's all duck hunting. You know? I, think, I think you're right. I think you're right. I know that um, tag sales, big game tag sales for the state of Wyoming were, was through the roof this year in oh, all, all the Western states. Yeah, had that happen. You know, normally a lot of our doe fawn tags or cow calf tags, our antlerless tags are there's leftovers. You know, and you, right. you can buy them over the counter type deal. Or this year they were all gone. I mean, yeah. this is the only year in that I've since I've lived in Wyoming, which is twelve years now, that I've been putting in for antlerless tags, different species and not gotten everything I applied for really whether it's antelope or whether it's uh deer uh, you know white tails yeah. or um elk I yeah. got my cow elk tag but I got blanked and my wife and I both got blanked on our white tail dauphin tags and our antelope dauphin tags that never happens really never. not ever and it was I was really surprised and then out in the field you'd see all kinds of out-of-state plates that, I mean, we yep. see a lot of out-of-state plates anyway, Yeah. but in these late like cow elk seasons, it's mostly residents, you know, not yeah. a lot of guys are going to travel to shoot a cow elk. Right. I mean, there were plates from all over, from your neck of the woods, from Pennsylvania, New York. And <laughs> everybody crazy. that I talked to out here said the same thing. It was the mountains all summer. The mountains were full of people. Yeah. You'd, go, you'd go to go fishing or go camping. You couldn't find a spot to camp, whether right. it was in a campground or otherwise. All the all your fishing spots were tracked up. You know, people been in there. And it's like, man, this is wild. I'd never see anybody in here. It didn't matter. Yeah. It was every corner, I think, of every recreational state got yeah. pounded. And I think you're right. I think it was COVID-related. People were... This has changed everything, you know, people, it, it are has living it, it, they're, they're working from home. Right. You know, they're, they're, you know, it's, it's pushed people to get back into the outdoors, which is awesome, you know, yes. and, 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 you know, it, it gets people, you know, back out and just, and doing those types of things. But at the same time, it's, it's putting pressure on certain areas where you've never seen that before. Right. You know, right. And, and, you know, like, like what I was saying before, like our field hunting was, well, a, it had to do with the weather. I mean, we had mild temps field hunting was just not good, but for me this year, I mean, I had a great diver hunting season, you know, um, luckily, you know, uh, my in-laws are up North about two and a half hours North of me. Where are they? And, uh, just South of Fergus. Okay. Yep. You said that. Sorry. Yep. And, you know, we had some fantastic, you know, multi-species diver shoots up there. Those and, you know, yeah, you know, and that right there, I mean, saved my season, you know, but it's, it's kind of one of those things, you know, you either focus on field hunting when it's good, or you focus on divers when the field hunting isn't good. This year I did a ton of diver hunting and, you know, it, it was fantastic. I mean, the one day we shot bluebills, we shot redheads, we shot cans, Buffalo heads, we had golden eyes, uh, we had some shovelers mixed in. I mean, just a whole plethora of everything, you know. Those are, those are rare days, man. Oh, That's, yeah. <laughs> that is cool. 
And then on top of it, we shot our bonus hooded mergansers too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. I think I've killed one hoodie in my life. That really? Is, yeah. I mean, you look at them and go, oh, it's a, it's a, Mer- it's a merganser. And then by the time you see it's a hooded one, you're like, oh, yeah, it's a little one. And I'll tell you what, if, if you ever want to come to Minnesota, I'll get you on one heck of a hooded merganser hunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny because guys come out here and want to shoot golden eyes, you know, whether yep. it's commons or, or barrows and that's me (laughs) yeah i know you guys are you guys eat it up and i i think it's funny because when i first moved here it was it was kind of like uh i wanted everybody wants to shoot mallards you know and we get there's basically four main species of ducks that you see a lot of in in this part of the country and it's obviously mallards um, lots of golden eyes, whether they're barrels or commons. Uh, we shoot some quite a few widgeon on different systems, yep. gadwalls, and then we actually, I said so five, we actually have quite a few green wing teal that stay throughout the winter here. Okay. You think, wow, winter, but yeah, they're here. I mean, yeah. I was down at the river the other day and it's 15 degrees below zero and there's teal flitting around. Yeah. Yeah. It's there's open water. They stay. And right. so those little green wingers are tough. Are they're tough, man? Yeah, yeah, they're they're tough. They're tough little buggers. They are. They are, and it's really cool because we get to shoot some really plume, really nicely plumaged green wing drakes, man. And they're, I think they're one of the prettiest birds going. Oh yeah, but um, yeah, they're 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 fun to shoot. We used to go to North Dakota late season, and we get on a field, you know, a field just chock full of mallards, and then it seemed like if if it was a wet year. Then you would have these 30, 40 packs of green wingers just whipping into the, over the spinners. And that still is some of the funnest shooting you will yeah. ever have, yep. you know, and especially in a field, you know, you're sitting in a layout blind and they come in going 75 miles an hour and everybody unloads and you kill like four, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. And it never failed for us. We were always shooting like goose loads, you know, three right. or three and a half inch BBs and the yeah. teal show up and you're like, lucky if you get a pellet into them you know right <laughs> or if you yeah. center up on one then it's ooh, oh yeah not that one. Good. yeah no <laughs> oh man yeah it's interesting though the different parts of the country what what everybody shoots and what everybody gets and and you know i haven't seen i haven't seen a wood duck occasionally guys will kill woodies out here but it's pretty rare they kill a few sure. in, over in utah yeah, you get in the Pacific Flyway a little bit on the west side of the state. They'll kill some wood ducks, but this part of the Central Flyway, they just, we just don't see them. You know, occasionally, yeah. occasionally, occasionally. Um, but uh, we got a lot of wood ducks around here. Man, I remember growing up. There were beaver ponds you that we'd hunt up north where I grew up, and it was the limit was two wood ducks at that time yeah. in the late nineties mid 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 to late 90s you shoot two wood ducks at that time and there we'd be hunting beaver ponds with 500 to a thousand woodies on them <laughs> and you'd shoot your two drake wood ducks and then well, honestly most of the time we just went home right because that was the only ducks that were on that pond you right you might hang out and shoot a black duck you know occasionally or mallard or but otherwise it was all woodies yeah all see, that, that's what we see a ton of around here on 
our creeks and small river systems. Right. You know, I, I mean, just right by my house, it's only a quarter mile away. We have the Buffalo Creek and you'll go there about, let's just say three weeks after duck opener here in Minnesota. And you get that first little cold snap to push those wood ducks down. There'll be seven, 800 wood ducks on that, on that I Creek know. system. That's fun. You, know, you Mississippi Valley, what are you guys up to three now? Yeah, we can shoot three. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, and still, you know, if you can get on them and, and if you can figure out where they're actually feeding on that right. little river system or creek, it is wild. Yes. You know, because they, yes. they will come screaming through the trees and you don't know where they're coming. You, you know, you'll be able to hear a hen off in the distance should be squealing. Right. And you're just, you know, you got your head on a swivel. You don't know which way they're going to come in from. And all of a sudden you just hear a splash and they're in the decoys. Already. I know they don't circle. They don't do anything. They're just kamikaze, oh. man. Do you guys get them in your cornfields at all? Get them oh, on yeah. dry land hunts? That yep. is crazy. There's there is much fun or more than those teal because they do the same thing in, in right. a cornfield. They don't circle. No. You just pick they, a line and boom, they're right. there. They, they see a spinner and it's just they're there. Yeah. I know. There's no circling like fox and mallards do. No, they're but the, super the thing naive. With, yeah. The thing with hunting wood ducks though in dry fields, um, you know, you have to have a cloudy morning or a rainy morning or whatever yep. if it's sunny you might as well not even go if that's all that's in there's wood ducks because they'll come 25 minutes before shooting time yeah you know yeah, they have some of the best i think they have some of the best night vision of any bird right you know any duck species out there because i remember ever, i had a go ahead i was gonna say have you ever watched them feed in a field oh, yeah. yeah they just go 300 miles an hour and they just run and pick and they, they just take a line down the corn row and they just are going, go, go, go. And they feed for what, maybe five minutes. Yep. And then they get up and go back to water and they're gone. They're gone. That's the yeah. thing you it's every now and then you, we would stumble on them and it was always the same thing. It was like so rare to find them in a cornfield and they, they are in and out so quick then yeah. you had to just be at the right spot at the right time. You know, it was it's not like mallards where they'll sit out there all day in the right, right in the right weather, yeah. and just kind of loaf and eat, and, and they'll eat until they're just puking stuff up, you know. And right, Woody's like you said, everything they do is full speed. Yeah, <laughs> and and they don't know they don't have they have one gear, and right. oh, I miss them. I, I miss those them so much because we just don't we just don't see them hardly at all you'll you'll see them in the summer a little bit early season uh one thing that we have out here that's kind of discouraging is we have you know a lot of our real good duck hunting isn't until it, everything north of us gets froze up and pushes right. in. so it's pretty much a november december january game the end of the yeah. season and that's when the bulk of our season hits and we're, it's good but wyoming opens us really early um way earlier than we need to be open um, in, in my opinion. And so we end up getting what's called our first split. And I think it's like two weeks and they open it like the end of September, first part of October. Yep. And I wish, I wish they would open us like September 1st through like the 10th. Really? Yes. If you're going to give us an early in early season, open us that like Labor Day weekend. Cause we always get a push of teal. Yep. always get a push of teal in like around Labor Day weekend. And that's always blue wingers and cinnamons. Really? And they are gone for the most part by the time our season opens. There'll be some around, 
but for the most part, they are gone and they show up, they're here for about a week and then they're gone. And I mean, like I said, somebody's going to be like, that's bull crap. I was in such and such a place and (laughs) shot them up. It's like, well, good for you. But in my experience, what I've seen, they don't stay very long. Sure. And because usually middle of September, we get, we get weather and it shoves them on along, you know, nighttime temps get cold, whatever. But I would, I would kill if they would give us like, I don't know, two weekends. Yep. And first just, two just, weekends, just a first quick, two like weekends day September, season. Yeah, something. man. Real quick, short, and then close us until like November 1st. Sure. And run us later into January. Yeah. Like to the end of the month. So like some of the Southern states have, cause we've got the time window. I think we get like 90 days Yeah. and it, man, it would be nice. Cause so often so often our birds don't show up until the last week of season or even after you know yeah. if you if you'd have gone out with to shoot ducks then the fur before all this weather came with like last weekend to shoot lake geese oh my gosh i mean there were ducks <laughs> ducks everywhere it was unreal but we're and working on it you work on yeah, it you know, that, you to, that's kind of the same situation too in minnesota you know, we have, you know, it seems like every year they're opening our duck opener up way to me. It's just too early. Sure. You know, and what the DNR, what I think what they're trying to accommodate for is just to, so everybody can go out when it's mild, shoot their teal, shoot their wood ducks. They are even colored. Everybody right. can get their duck weekend opener in, but on the downfall of it, uh, you know, we close early, you know, our south zone, which is only, I mean, it's more actually where our farm is, you know, that whole Southern part of the state is open for an extra seven days or sure. whatever. But to me, it's like when we cross that highway down there, you're limited because there isn't near as much water for birds to be harbored up on, which, you know, means there won't be as many ducks. Um, you know, and it just, it creates a lot of limitations unless you go hunt the Mississippi or you go even further South and hunt like down by Fairmont, like yep. that whole area down there, Yep. that that'll hold birds, but that gets a ton of pressure too. It's, it's, and what I wish the DNR would do. Um, and there, I've had a discussion with a few other guys about it. I wish they would let us pick our season. Like right. you go in when you buy your license, instead of, you know, let's just say you wanted to do do the traditional duck opener, but then you only run that, your license for 10 days. And then you'd have like a two or three week break. Mm-hmm. And then you could extend your own season so that you're only hunting those 60 days. Sure. You know, that, that would be kind of cool, but how is the DNR going to regulate that? Oh, can you, you imagine know? the enforcement nightmare that would be? <laughs> Holy smokes. I, I mean, mean, they're, they're, they're already they're... running thin the way it is. Right. Right. It's, yeah. And it's, I think every game of fish department or DNR is the same across yeah. the country. They're all spread thin. There, right. There's too much area, not enough wardens, you know, right. not enough officers. So yeah, I can't even imagine guys, you know, yeah, I want the last 60 days. I don't want to hunt that early stuff. I want to, you know, I, that's what I would do. I would pick, right. I would pick the last 90 days of the season and you can have that early stuff. Cause I don't, right. I'm chasing elk or deer or antelope right. that time of year. But and, yeah, and it's the, that's I love that idea. <laughs> yeah. I love that idea. I just don't know. 
man that'd it, be it, it, it would be so hard to have it actually regulated yeah yeah that, that's the problem of it but yeah, i mean computer sys computer wise like actually selling those dates that's simple but it's right. the enforcement side of things where guys are like well you know i thought you know because you're gonna have guys cheating and hunting oh yeah way past their time and yeah I think, you know most guys most guys would would honor it you know i think most guys would be yeah. would be honest about it but yeah there's always as there's always that handful of, of folks that just don't want to follow rules, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, goodness. Goodness. Yeah, goodness. And, you know, especially like for duck numbers around us, especially in my area, if we have a wet fall, we have ducks. It's like yeah. South Dakota. Yep. You know, but this year it was bone dry. I mean, granted, we farm, so I was fine with that. Right. The last makes, harvest, makes harvest easy. Yeah, and the last three years, I mean, they were hell for for harvest but guess what the duck hunt was fun (laughs) right (laughs) that's a catch 22 right there holy smokes you know i'll put it this way i mean we were having rainfall of six inches at a crack and so behind our my grandparents farm we have we always call it the 40 and that's just crp grass that we put in for pheasant hunting and deer hunting and all that well we have the high island creek that runs through our property it was flowing over the banks and it went into the neighbor's cornfield. And the only way I could get to my deer stand was if I drove the four wheeler down the line fence and I had to put chest waders on to walk across our grass. Whoa. And it was, yeah. And there were spots where I actually had to go into the neighbor's field because I couldn't cross. It was that deep. And oh, I, I would bet the middle of our 40 was probably 15 feet deep with water. It was insane. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, I got to my deer stand because I, I knew that the neighbor had corn on the other side of that creek. And I climbed up the deer stand and I looked and I'm like, that is all green and pintails and widgeon. Yeah. And, and I was like, we got to hunt this. Yeah. No. <laughs> and, and it's kidding. so far back. It, yeah. It's so far back off the grid that nobody could see it, you know? Yeah. And I called him up. Yeah, go ahead. That's fine. Just, you know, don't bring 20 guys in there. I said, nope. I said, I'll probably bring like six. But then I would say that hunt was the most ducks, multi-species of ducks I've seen in one location ever. Wow. You know, and, and but two weeks before that, all we had around here was, uh, you know, was teal. That was right. it. Right. Yep. You know, and it, it's, it's crazy. You know, as soon as we get that flooding, and that water here, I don't know how those birds can tell or know, but all of a sudden it's just like overnight they're here. I think and they, I think those early birds, especially, I think they ride the, those, those mild fronts, you know, and they bring rain, you know, but if you go further north where they're coming from, it very, it may very well be snow, you know, right. and, and it just shoves them. It was the exact same way in the UP. When it rained, you better be hunting because right. that was, that was when you had birds. Yeah. And that, I mean, it was, it was phenomenal and it is the exact opposite out here. I hate, (laughs) I hate cloudy days out here. Yeah. And to get my head wrapped around that, that paradigm shift was so hard because it's like, no, it's duck weather. Let's go. It's crappy. No, I want it bright sunshine and wind out here. And it Sun, is, sunshine, wind, and mallards. That's just oh, buddy. That's the three. <laughs> yep. And it's it's crazy when you get those three out here, and and you have birds. It's insane. But 
Yeah, same deal, man. Same deal. I remember tree stand type deal. Yeah, flooded uh, kind of a beaver flooding. It was a big acorn year, and it was wet, so that those that uh, pond actually blew up, and it was out in the woods, kind of like yep. flooded, kind of like what they get down south with the flooded timber. Yep. And there was acorns everywhere in there. It was like a big oak ridge that it butted up against. And it was the same thing. I remember sitting in my tree stand bow hunting and you couldn't hear. There were so many birds in there. I mean, (laughs) mallards and woodies and black ducks. And it was crazy. And same deal. Except that was state land. It was public. (laughs) And it was middle of nowhere, public ground. And I think we had it to ourselves for about three weeks until the birds really? finally we were young and dumb and we overshot it you know and yeah but whatever when, when, when the picking's good i mean you got to be there you <laughs> yeah <know? laughs> yeah no kidding no kidding what do you got planned for the rest of the year you're gonna chase snows or you're on to turkeys uh probably just turkey hunting this year yeah um i might if i mean if we have time i might go run out to south dakota for a weekend or something chase some snows but for me you know, I used to snow goose hunt and I just kind of kind of burned out, you know, yeah. from it, you yeah. know, there's, you know, again, there's, there's so many people doing it and, you know, you go to South Dakota now and it's just, you try to find a nice dry pasture to hunt and whatever, you know, you get turned down because, you know, some guy did something a couple of years before and they don't let anybody hunt type situation. And I don't know. I just love killing turkeys. <laughs> you I hear know? you there. I hear you and there. The snow goose thing, snow goose thing's a ball, you know, and we had, we've kind of got some tentative plans, but I'm with you. It's, it's kind of like, I might do some multi-state turkey chasing. Right. Instead. Um, Yeah. All of our turkey plans got foibled last year with COVID. So yeah, I'd I'd like to make up for it this year, but we'll see. Yeah. Where do you, where do you usually travel to go turkey hunting? You know, last year it was, we just stayed right here. We had okay. some, we had some local plans, um, in Montana, but kind of depends what we draw. Yeah. You know, if, if we draw, uh, the limited quota stuff here in Wy- here in Wyoming, it's definitely, it's close to home type stuff, yep. but the general we're, we're blessed, man. We got general, general Turkey all over the place. So, yep. and, and lots of birds, lots of options. And you got Montana, um last year we couldn't hunt montana uh it was we had the covid kind of put a kind of put the kibosh on that and then thinking maybe south dakota this year maybe nebraska um got some feelers out on texas okay we'll see man what about you uh so well me and my wife we go out to western minnesota and we'll be out there for a couple days then we hop across the border and hunt south dakota nice and so that's kind of like a two for one trip um so we've been i've been going out to that area of western minnesota for i think this will be my 12th year going out there and i've got some very very good ground out there and you know we can just hop right over to south dakota and hunt you know and it's just it makes it just a a nice little two for one trip you know and and the area that we hunt in south dakota we can shoot two birds this year which i'm really excited about that's awesome yeah and it used to be that way. And then they just went to one, one bird tag. And, you know, I've been watching, you know, since they did that, you know, I'm kind of glad they did because the bird numbers are back. Yeah. And I have a buddy that, that lives out in that area and he'll send me Snapchats of four or 500 in a group turkeys. Right. right. 
and now I'm like, yeah, I can, I can see, you know, why they're, why they're probably trying to do it, you know? And so, yeah, that's, that's my plan. As of now, we might hit Montana. Um, not hundred percent sure yet. Um, definitely. I want to go back to Wisconsin. Um, Wisconsin is so much fun. Uh, especially the area that we go, we're in like the Southern region of Wisconsin. I got a buddy that okay. lives down there and, and uh, they run a cow calf operation and, you know, local farm, farm kid. And he knows everybody in the area. Yep. No, that's so nice when you've got those connections. Yeah. It opens up a lot of ground, you know, stuff that stuff that if you were to just to show up and don't knock on doors, you probably get told no, you know, right. and, and it's the same way. Any, I think it's everywhere you go. If right. you have a local connection that can help you get on birds, man, it can be, it's, it oh, makes a big difference. Huge, huge, you know, and, and we're blessed out here because we have a lot of public ground um, yep. in South Dakota, Montana, Wyoming, Colorado, you know, we all have lots of public ground with birds on it. Yep. And guys, that's one thing. It's totally different than waterfowl is guys. You can spread out to hunt, to right. hunt turkeys because there's birds everywhere, you know, yeah. er, early, if, if you, if you want to hunt early and hunt those big flocks, those big <laughs> flocks, um, which can be, holy smokes, that can, you put out a strutter or a couple or a Jake decoy with a hen, dude, Yeah, it's, <laughs> you can't hardly keep them off of it, you know, but it's, our birds out here get by the time breeding comes around, that's all they want to do. And they don't want to fight. You know, you put out even a Jake decoy, they don't want anything to do with it. Really? Nope. They will, they will litter the bird I killed last year here in Wyoming. Um, I don't, you know, everybody wants to call them in, shoot them right in the decoys, you know, obviously 15, 20 yards right in the chops, right? That's, yep. that's the whole goal. Well, and everybody, everybody also knows that you take what you can get especially exactly. on public ground and yeah. i had a bird come in and we were filming so it was kind of like all right get get one killed on camera and then we can worry about like a story right yeah and so first day first afternoon worked this bird got in on him worked him for like two hours and he'd come just incrementally closer like i think he's getting closer and then 30 minutes later, he gobbled again and he was, okay, yeah, he's closer, you know. <laughs> but I ended up, I quit calling and just like scratched the leaves every few minutes. Yep. And which is, you don't have to do that hunting Miriams. Normally it's like you just yak, 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 and they come, <laughs> they come in. And this was like hunting Eastern bird. You know, I really had to like go back to my old bag of tricks to get this bird in. He came in. And he stepped out of the woods at about, I don't know, 55, 55 yards, 60 yards. Yeah. He looked at the decoys and I had a, a Dave Smith, like half strut, Jake with a, yep. late, with a late with a breeder hen, the breeding pair, I guess you call it. He looked at those, shuffled his feathers, turned and walked and started to walk away. <laughs> and I went, mm, no and Bang. <laughs> smoked him you know and it was longer than what i like to shoot but he was stone dead i mean yeah it just crushed him today's turkey loads are ridiculous oh, they're unbelievable they're unbelievable <laughs> almost like cheating well i you know last year i got my first experience hunting black hills in south dakota that's a fun hunt 
Yeah. And, you know, the guy who actually married me and my wife, he's got connections out there. And he asked me to come with, and I'm like, I can't turn this opportunity down because they're hunting all private ground out there. And I'm like, I'm in, you know, well, made the drive, you know, got out there and we get up to this one property and, and meet, you know, his buddy and his dad up there and they call it the wood pile. And so we get up there and we're just, you know, chit chatting, you know, whatever. And we went on one side of the wood pile on the ridge, walked around, called, didn't see nothing. And I'm like, all right, you know, and I'm just enjoying the view, you know. Yeah. You get it back up on top by the wood pile and he takes his, he had some custom made long box Miriam Yelper, you know. Yep. I mean, he would, he would crack on that thing and it would, it would almost like hurt, hurt your my ears. ears. Yeah. yeah. And he gets on that ridge and did, you know, one series and one hammers right down at the bottom. And he looks at me and he goes, he's coming. And I'm like, what? You know, like, <laughs> I, you know, like I, I'm used to hunting, you know, Easterns and I'm, yeah. I'm used to hunting, you know, those, uh, those real hybrids, whatever you want to call them in South Dakota, you know, whatever they're those mixed match birds, you know? Right. And I'm like, huh? And he goes, we need to go now. I'm like, okay. And so we get down there, make it to the next ridge. He wraps it off. And that bird was 150 yards closer already. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and he looks at me and he's like, go to that log pile right there. I'm like, all right, I get right there. And I sit down, I have the sun in my face, which is not ideal. Not at all. And I literally sit down and I look and I can see this Tom about 150 yards down the ravine and he's looking at me. So I just like tucked my hat down like this just to keep the sun off my face. And I already had my mouth call in and I, I yelped, gobbled, and then he goes back behind a ridge. I put my face mask up. He was in my lap in two minutes. Yep. 10 yards. Yep. And there And and you know, I just got to the black Hills and I just killed a Tom within like an hour of being there. And I'm like, I love Miriam's. (laughs) They're fun, man. I I remember same experience coming out, coming out, moving to Wyoming and and never hunted Miriam's before hunting. If you can get them on private ground where they don't get messed with. Yeah. They're, they're ignorant. I mean, and they are, it's, it's, same same deal opening day set up a strutter across from a giant roost probably had 600 birds roosted on it you know <laughs> and it's like a it's like a circus of yeah. gobbles and hens and we we <laughs> i shot the first bird in he came in quiet from behind us and we didn't know he was there and all of a sudden he's in the decoys and he's beating on this stuffer that we've got yeah. stuffer strutter. Yep. And these guys like, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him. He's going to destroy my decoy. <laughs> and so I shot him and he's flopping around and we're 400, 500 yards from this big roost across yep. cattle pasture. And these gobblers can see this bird flopping around and a strutter standing over him. And like, four birds pitch off this roost and fly three quarters of the way to us, hit the ground and just run into the deep. <laughs> and it's like, boom, 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 boom. We killed four birds or five birds and never got up. Really? Never got up. I mean, wow. there's birds flapping around and other birds are running in and <laughs> we just ended up standing up and walking off, you know, got yeah. our stuff and left and birds are still coming. It, it was ignorant. I never seen anything like it. And it was, <laughs> 
holy smokes it was two birds i want to say it was two bird limit that year and uh we kind of spaced it out over the course of the next couple of days and took turns and yeah didn't get up early you know we we run and gun the middle of the day kind of thing and right yeah but i tell you what you get those same birds on public land where they get hunted harder and they get smart in a hurry oh yeah and they you can overcall them they're really decoy shy and everything out here is that that country over there that ponderosa pine country is real open there's not a lot of undergrowth to hide yeah. in at all so you're just sitting against a big tree in the wide open yeah. and they spot you yeah they can pick you out in a hurry yep and it's they don't spot you as bad as easterns do but they Eastern, spot you they are a, i mean they're a freaking old breed in their self they're i mean aren't they oh uh, you know that year the first year that we hunted wisconsin we hunted this and, and i'm certain it was the same bird three mornings in a row because he was always in the same spot yep. you know and we're like you know we're gonna we're gonna get this freaking thing you know <laughs> and after the second morning you know so the first morning he pitched down and there was a four-wheeler trail we knew he went on that trail because we, we saw him and i'm like all right so then it was yeah the second morning we set up on that side where the four-wheeler trail is where does he go flies down in the hay field like, all right. I'm like, you're going to be that way, huh? So then, well, that second day, we ended up killing two birds. We reaped two birds out in this pasture, this open nice. pasture. And we had one more morning to go. And my buddy's like, what do you think? Should we give him a third go? He's still there. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, we're going to slip in in the morning. We're going to stand behind these trees. And when he sounds off and I had, I had my reaper with, I'm like, we're going to, we're going to get as close as I possibly can to his roost. And when he flies down onto a ridge or wherever, I'm going after him with the reaper. Yeah. And he's like, all right. You know, I'm thinking this is going to be like a three, four year old bird that's been hunted before, you know, right, just an right. old stubborn bird. Well, we get probably within 30 yards of his roost and we're sitting behind this pine tree. I hear him fly down. He went into the hay field. I grabbed the reaper and I went right up to the fence and I popped that up. And he was only probably 30 yards away. And he looked at that. He kind of puffed up a little bit, turned around, was going to walk away. And I'm yep. like, you've got to be kidding me. Yep. Well, I put, put the bead right on his head and I putted a couple times. He stuck his head up and I shot him. And I'm thinking, I got an old warrior bird here. Yeah, you know? yeah. Nope. Two and a half year old, two oh year old. Oh my gosh. Just little nubby spurs, you know, like an eight inch beard. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You know, I mean, those are as pure Eastern as what you can get is in Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. It was and the same, like, in, same in Michigan. I hunted Iowa two years ago, took my wife and I was like private ground birds that don't really get messed with much. I was like, this is going to be cake. This is going to be cake. I'll have lots. <laughs> oh, we'll make, we'll make a great video out of this dude Four, five days to kill one guy. We killed a gobbler. I think the second night we spent, I want to say we spent 12 or 13 hours in a blind, in a box <laughs> blind, in a box blind, watching a food over yep. a food plot with a decoy out in front of it and had a gobbler walk in, look at the decoys, turn and walk the other way. Same, same thing. Yeah. I mean, it, my brother, my, it was my brother's farm and he's like, yeah, it won't take you long. He's like, you guys will kill your birds first, second day. You'll be done. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> they were it was oh i mean 
we and we got it done. My wife killed a monster bird on on her birthday. It was really cool. Nice. It's it's a really cool YouTube video. But that bird spotted her coming into a strutter. We were hidden. She's sitting not in the open, all bro- com- outlined completely s- broken up. Yeah. And he's and she doesn't hardly she doesn't even move. She's sitting still because she got busted earlier in the week by bringing a gun to her shoulder and a bird spotted her and it didn't finish. And this bird spots her sitting still in Sitka subalpine. And nope, you can see him. He's about 20 yards, maybe a little less than that. And he's full strut and all of a sudden he puts his feathers down, shuffles his wings and turns. And I'm like, you hear me on camera go, you need to kill that bird now. And she just, (laughs) boom, smokes him, you know. But it was like, what do you have to do? I mean, they would spot you getting into position from the ridge yeah. above, you know, and you couldn't see them. Yeah. You just hear them. But all of a sudden, they'd, they'd yak at you a couple of times and you'd go get in a position. Then they're and shut up. Gone. Yeah. Dead quiet. It's like, yeah, they saw us. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? It's the only explanation sometimes. Right. Yeah. Cause the way it was one bird, man, he was hot, just thundering and we snuck in and i think we just probably should have set up you know a couple hundred yards away instead of trying to get closer and just see if he'd have come you know but you're always trying to cut distance and get as close as you can and right yeah it was it was it was bad you know and it's weird you know like in minnesota uh, where i'm at we have just pure easterns right where i'm at right but you go out to that south dakota border and even on the minnesota side this is no joke. This is like the third year I hunted out there. You get, we get such a variation of subspecies on that Minnesota side over there. And I think, I don't, I can't remember if I still have that picture or not. It was just on an old, you know, camera. It doesn't look very good. Sure. But st- there's three toms in this pasture strutting. And the one, if you were to look at him, you're like, well, that's a Miriam. He was just white tipped everything. You know, and it's like, what the heck? And then the next strutter was pure Eastern. The next strutter looked like a real. That cream like, color. Yeah. And, it, you know, we, we get such a weird variation of coloring, you know, out there. That's wild. And, yeah, I mean, you know, last year, me and my wife, uh, we shot a double on our pasture spot. And they were straight Easterns, you know, the, just the chocolate brown. Right. You know, the year before that, the two that we shot, the, we shot a double out there the year before, too and rios whatever you want to call them you know it's just goofy you know that's wild you know and still to this day i i had reaped a bird out there um and it's still one of the biggest birds i've I've killed out there um but that bird didn't look like a rio but it would be like in between like a rio and a miriam but he was Mm -hmm. big you know, we've he had the a lot. We see a lot of those out here in in eastern northeastern Wyoming. Yep. We're killing a true Miriams that's white, like snow white, is yep. and not very not very big. Yeah, um, is pretty rare, it, and right. it, it's getting to the point where it's almost they're almost non-existent. They're right. almost all hybrids with Rios, and yep. some of them are pretty big. You know, like 22, 23 pound birds. And it's like, wow, this is, you know, I would still say the average of probably less than 20, you know, that yeah. high, high teens, 
but uh the bird that that we one of the birds we got coming out on camera uh shortly the next couple weeks here from last year's hunt one of the second bird we killed was big really it was a big bodied bird and all creamy no you know that cream color to them you can tell they're that they're part rio you know or or who knows i'm sure a biologist could explain it better you know but right. <laughs> I, I know they reintroduced i know they put they introduced rios in there to help uh prop up populations years and years ago and i think yep. they're, i think they're the more dominant bird and yeah yeah because yeah. the, the things that i've read you know if you want to shoot a pure miriam <clears throat> miriam you're gonna have to go to like colorado and hunt them in the mountains or new mexico or no well new mexico that's like the gould's turkey yeah montana but, and yeah and, and and that's northeastern wyoming you get over here around us and you see turkeys they're they're miriams they're yeah. miriams they're, they're mountain birds and right yeah i mean you go out and hunt turkeys and chase grizzlies at the same time <laughs> i'm good <laughs> <laughs> yeah you start head calling all of a sudden it's like you hear that yeah that? <laughs> you hear that stick break over there <laughs> yeah turkeys don't break sticks <laughs> oh man yeah no it's going to be an interesting spring i'll be interested to see if that hunting pressure you talked about earlier carries over i think it's going right. to yeah. i think it's going to i think you're going to see a lot of people in the woods where traditionally you might not have seen people otherwise right. You know, like we said, COVID changed everything and people yeah. are working from home. They, you know, normally instead of having an office to go into, they work from home. Yeah. And like, yeah. And, and I don't know, um, you know, when, when that, when, when you can work from home, that opens up a lot of possibilities because yeah. you can, then you can go hunt and you can work a couple hours every day or work at night and when you're not hunting or do whatever, as long as you're getting your right. stuff done, I'm, but I don't know. I don't have that kind of job, so I can't really speak authoritatively. I've really noticed it this year with ice fishing in Minnesota. Really? You're so, a big ice fisherman, dude. Some of your posts, you catch the man. My wife is so jealous of the bluegills <laughs> that you catch. It's unbelievable. You know, we we have a few select lakes uh, that that still produce like what we call the true bluegill strain. Yeah. Where you when you get them in you know a spawning time they're big uh we well i have one mounted upstairs it was it's a replica um the one it's one my wife caught and it was 11 inches and i never got the weight on it but i mean it's a hubcap yeah. you know right right the, the, tr the true saucers you know what they always called them back in the day yep and but you know looking at how how many people i have seen on the ice this year compared to other years is unbelievable so a buddy of mine he he works for clam clam outdoors sure they are pretty much sold out of every type of portable fish house that they make it's wow. ridiculous and if, and if you go on like shields cabela's bass pro you know anybody that carries ice fishing gear everything is sold out my goodness so it's and not it's not just guns and ammo you can't get no, any sporting goods hardly no that uh, was uh, just uh, was that Monday? Yeah, Monday. No, it was last week. 
um i had to run down to shakopee i had some custom decoys made for my dad for his birthday oh cool and on the way down there i was like well i'm gonna stop in at mill sleet farm and just you know poke around and see what's on the shelves you know for ice fishing stuff they normally have it's like three aisles you know stock full of ice fishing gear right. rods tackle the whole bit right i counted nine ice rods on the shelf where there probably should be about 200 um all the tackle you know all the the popular tackle completely cleaned out there's nothing left and i was just going to go there and maybe buy some you know some fishing line or you know just whatever just some right. you know, miscellaneous stuff i think i came out of there with like four items like that was oh, it smokes. and you know some of the lakes i've been fishing uh this one it's a fairly popular panfish lake but you know this time of year you'll see maybe 20 25 permanents out there at best right there's probably 200 out there right now holy smokes yeah it's i mean like you said i'm super happy to see it because it means more money for conservation it means right. more money for animals i mean it's all that stuff with the Pittman robertson money it's it's good and i and i love seeing people out there because it's the future of our sport right you know, whether it's hunting fishing just future of the outdoors right but it's it's been for guys like us that have kind of gotten used to it being, you know, just the hardcore guys that are really out, you know, right. you, got your, you got your openers, you know, and yeah. everybody's out doing it. And then stuff kind of peters Tapers out. Off. It's not like that. It, no. it, it hasn't been like that for the, for at least the last year or so. No. It'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, I think it'll weed, I think it'll self level. You yeah. Know, but, but 2021 is going to be interesting. You know, I, yeah definitely more competition like you said but uh well, yeah dude, you know we, we've and, been at this for like an hour and 30 minutes and i'm getting hungry <laughs> i don't know about you but um when let's do this again we after maybe sure, after turkey season we'll jump back on and and catch yeah. up and if you get out here and want to chase turkeys ducks geese whatever man bring it on i'd love to Maybe next time we can act, you're out, we can actually share a blind instead of yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, instead of I'm do, going this way and you're going this way, and we don't right. get to hook up. So, <laughs> but Brennan, it was great talking to you, man. I appreciate you being on. 